Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt, and I'm a board-certified integrative and functional nutritionist. I live on the seacoast of New Hampshire and work with clients in my virtual practice all over the world through private consultations and online nutrition and functional medicine programs. Functional medicine nutrition is all about diving deep with people to get to the root cause of their health issues. And that's exactly what I tackle in this podcast. All things health, food, and nutrition. Unpacking current research and almost a decade of clinical experience. I love to bring experts and thought leaders to the table so we can all learn together. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive in. Hey guys, I am back with a little mini-sode, so a little bite-sized chunk. I'm trying to um, chunk up the information for you guys as best as I can and um, anything that I that I think you'd find relevant or might help you. I'm going to release here. I'm also doing that over on Instagram. I have, I'm basically just got information all over the place, but one place that you can find all of them um, in a consolidated form is my newsletter. So I send that out every two weeks. It's a bi-weekly editorial where I put together just all of the content into one place. So you can kind of click on through to the things that feel relevant to you. If you're just like, whoa, lots coming at me. Um, I said this on Instagram last week in a video that I did, but some people deal with um, chaos by amassing and collecting information. It makes them feel safe. The more information, the better. Uh, So I want to be there for you guys, but I also get that for some people, it's too much is too much. So I'm trying to keep it short, keep it brief. Um, what we're going to talk about today is autoimmunity with COVID. Are you at a greater risk or is, or what do you have to think about? There's a lot of talk about cytokine storms and TH1, TH2 dominance. And is that something that you need to be concerned about if you do have an autoimmune disease, which I know a lot of you guys do. That's why you tune into the show. Um, real quick before I dive into that is I want to remind you guys that I'm, I did open up clinic hours. I am now taking on private clients. Uh, you have a couple of different, uh, ways to figure out what you want to do. You can buy a la carte services. So if you know, you want like full on gut testing, um, that's available on my site. You can purchase it, set up an appointment with me. If you're not really totally sure what you want, then set up a initial intake and we can go through our, your health history. You can send me any labs that you've had in the past year. I can pick through those and then we can figure out what the next right steps are for you. Um, I am doing, uh, really focusing on the gut with, with private clients right now. And, um, in next Minisode, you will find out why that's so important, particularly right now. So I'll link that stuff up in the show notes, of course. Now, COVID-19 and autoimmunity. Here's the deal, you guys. Your immune system is what dictates whether you will end up with complications of COVID or not. Okay. So if you're really freaking out, you're hearing a lot of scary stuff in the news, understand that this is why this is why this right here is why I have spent so much energy trying to get information out to people about how to support your immune system because doing that really matters right now. I mean, even if you think about when I was talking about the flu, um, 
I had the flu at the end of January, uh, beginning of February. So my, my family had it, um, and I was doing a lot of antivirals and a lot of immune support and just kind of like throwing it all down at myself. And I did get the flu, but I had it for 24 hours. Whereas people around me were laid out for eight days, two weeks, um, some people up to a month. So doing this stuff really does work. You might still contract coronavirus, but it might be pretty mild case. And I think that at this point, that's what we're hoping for. Um, If you have a robust immune system, you'll probably be fine. If you have good uh, secretory IgA production, if you have a good balance between Th1 and Th2, which we're going to talk about in a sec, you'll probably be fine. Okay. And that's, that's a lot of people, but what if you have autoimmunity? What if your immune system's kind of wacky? Um, What we know is that you are not considered immunocompromised unless you're technically, unless you're on an immuno um, suppressant drug. So just having autoimmunity doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have complications. Okay, a lot of us have autoimmunity and we still have like good, healthy, robust immune systems. So don't think like, oh boy, I'm I'm automatically at an extra at risk. Um, population. I would take extra caution and really, really support yourself in all the ways that I've been talking about on the show. Uh, but don't, I, I don't want you to immediately go into a fear response. Those of us with chronic illness have that, like I talked about last show, that amygdala hypertrophy. So our fear response is jacked up, right? We can be really hypervigilant when it comes to our health. And so we can get really, really scared. And that's the last thing that I want. Um, just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Uh, but you don't have to go into like full-blown fear response because that's just going to increase your cortisol, which is going to suppress your immune system. Um, but but we know that the, the the mechanism of action, like one thing that happens with this virus is that it increases inflammation. Um, It releases pro-inflammatory cytokines, and that's what causes the problems. So we have to ask, what's your baseline of inflammation? If you already have an inflammatory disease, and then this virus ramps up the inflammation, you might struggle with more symptoms than other people. So first and foremost, let's just talk about dampening inflammation in the body. We can do this so many different ways. We can do this through good food. We can do this through appropriate sleep. We can do this um, by meditating. You know, Go back to the last episode. It was 33 minutes. It wasn't too long. I'm doing my best, you guys. Um, but we talked about a lot of ways to dampen inflammation. Um, so, so, so kind of keep that in mind. Now you've, you've probably heard a lot about the cytokine storm. That's been, that term has been throwing, being thrown around a lot. I talked about it a couple episodes ago, but understand that what the cytokine storm is, it's, it's when your body senses something with a pathogen, a bacteria, a virus, and it's like, shoot, we got to get rid of this. So it throws everything it has at the situation. It releases all sorts of pro-inflammatory cytokines, interleukin-1, interleukin-6, TNF-alpha, like all the things. And there's no way to slow that down, really. There's no way to regulate that. Modern medicine doesn't 
have an answer to that. Your body is just in hyper response overdrive. And that is what can lead to all the scary complications, not just of this virus, but of influenza, you know, other things too. And so that's why you're hearing so much about it. Um, one of the ways, though, to to kind of shut down that cytokine storm and to, or to make sure um, that we have an appropriate immune response is Treg cells. Treg cells shut down the immune system when the immune system is going array, uh, array, array. I never know how to say that word. So Treg cells help to regulate inflammation, help to regulate autoimmunity. They help to restrain the immune system, prevent that excessive response, and they can stop our immune cells from attacking our own tissue. Here's the deal. Here's why I'm talking to those with autoimmunity, because with autoimmunity, Treg cells don't always do their job well. They can start to act erratically. Um, we might get too much or not enough of an immune response. And if you do have an autoimmunity, there's a good chance that you're deficient in Treg cells or that they're dysfunctional. So this is definitely an area of support. Uh, there are other reasons for low Tregs outside of autoimmunity. Poor diet is one of them. Poor sleep is another. So this is not just the autoimmune crew. It's people who are not really taking care of themselves very well either. Um, we know that sleep increases Treg cells. So make sure you are getting your sleep. And if the, the anxiety of the situation is keeping you up at night, GABA, L-theanine, phosphatidylserine, lavender, nervines, Epsom salt baths, all the things that I've been talking about and everything I talked about in last episode, all of those practices can also help to increase Treg cells. It's not just about supplementation, although that can be wildly helpful. It's like, how are you living your life? What are you eating? How are you sleeping? I know that we're all stressed out, but self-care and just you know, basic principles of how we take care of ourselves can't just go out the window. We're not on vacation right now, you know, like this is still real life and we have to take care of ourselves. Um but there are certain supplements that can support Treg cells. As somebody with autoimmune disease, these are all things I take every single day. Um, and a lot of them, or all of them, in fact, have crossover with some of the recommendations that I've been making for COVID-19. Um, so probiotics is one of them. Probiotics helped us modulate our immune system. So they're really helpful for the, the immune system. They don't rebuild your gut, as I've talked about, ad nauseum, but they do help the immune system while they're in your system. Uh, glutathione, turmeric, curcumin, CBD, vitamin A, vitamin D, and short chain fatty acids. So those are all things that you could think about taking. One way to increase your short chain fatty acids is to feed the good bacteria in your gut because then your gut bugs create your own short chain fatty acids. Um, I talked about that on, oh boy, I don't remember the episode how to feed your gut, something like that. Um, we go into lots and lots of details, but I'll do a little mini-sode um, about that as well. Okay, so w when we're talking about the reason that I want to want to do this episode is because there's a little bit of fear around herbal medicine right now, and it's like, well, should I push the immune response? Should I not? What should I do? And the answer is that we should always tailor herbal medicine to the individual. Who's the actual person that we're talking about? What's their health history? What's their 
context. And this concept of TH1, TH2 um, continues to come up. Now, TH stands for T helper cells. They're part of the immune system. They should work together back and forth in a well-balanced immune system. But in the case of autoimmune disease, you might have dominance with one or the other. And I talk more about this concept in episode 62, Tips for Coping with an Immune Flare. Um, TH1 fights a virus to resolve the infection. So that TH1 response tries to get the virus under control. Now, for some people, if they have too much of this, this response isn't shut down. They don't have enough Treg cells to shut it down. So they have this chronic inflammation. Um, So if these people who are TH1 dominant get an infection or get in a virus, they tend to have a flare-up of their autoimmune symptoms. Um, if you already have a big TH1 response, getting a virus can make it greater. And this is kind of, um, well, I'll save that for, for a second. Uh, TH2 dominance is um, often associated with allergies. So if you get a lot of like allergic-like symptoms, um, that's that oftentimes goes hand-in-hand with TH2. And it's harder to mount a TH1 response to a virus. So it can take you a lot longer to resolve the viral infection. Now, how do you know if you do have autoimmune disease, how do you know if you're TH1 or TH2 dominant? There's a really cool um, like kind of self-check it's, uh, on a blog called selfhacked.com. I will link to it here in the show notes, but you can go based off of symptoms. Um, there is a cytokine test that you can do, but you have to get it through a doctor. I'm not even sure if it's available. It's not one I've ever run in my practice before. But if you look at that list, it can help you. But another way to do it is if you take um, certain supplements and they make you feel worse, that could be a good indication. So there are TH1 pushers that stimulate the TH1 response Um, which are astragalus, echinacea, maitake mushroom, licorice, licorice, lemon balm. A lot of those are antivirals and a lot of those are being talked about right now in relation to COVID. But if you have a high, if you're TH1 dominant, these can actually make you feel a lot worse. So I would say if you're, if you are, are taking these, just pay attention to how you feel while you're on them. They can be wonderful. I can take all of these, no problem. I do really, really well with all of them. In fact, they make me feel amazing, um, which is probably indicative that I am not TH1 dominant. So um, I just want to put that information out there as something to pay attention to. Now, this is where the whole elderberry shit show got started. I am so sorry for swearing. If you have littles around, my bad, but come on. If you know, you know, I had to use that word. Um, If you have an underlying inflammatory condition, if you are TH1 dominant, if you the, the elderberry can increase the cytokine response, that's one of the reasons it's good for a virus because it's increasing the inflammatory response early in an infection, which is going to shorten the length of the infection. The problem is that if you already have too many of these pro-inflammatory cytokines, if they're already high, it can make you feel 
worse. So it's quite common for certain people with autoimmune disease to feel bad when they take elderberry syrup. And I don't particularly care which side of the fence you're on with elderberry syrup, but the truth remains, if somebody tells me I take elderberry syrup and I feel bad, I'm going to say, okay, you know your body. I'm not going to like dig my heel in and be like, but it's fine. It should be fine for you. I'm not going to do that. Okay. This information is just that it's information, how you decide to apply it to your own body. That's on you, but we got to get the information out there so people can figure it out for themselves. Now, TH2 pushers will stimulate the TH2 response and dampen the TH1 response. These are things like green tea extract, pine bark, white willow bark, and pycnogenol. So those, um, if you're TH2 dominant, those might make you feel not so great. And again, just to reiterate, this is why we want to tailor these herbs to the person, right? We, we're always asking, what's the health history? What's the context? Who is this for? Who are we talking about? We're not necessarily making these blanket statement um, recommendations, but the T reg support that I that I talked about, that's pretty much good for most people. Okay. Obviously there's going to be some exceptions to the rule, but even if you do have autoimmunity, that's going to help to support your immune system. It's going to help to balance it out. And that's what we're looking to do. Okay, you guys. Hopefully that was helpful. I'll check you soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Take care of you 